Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. Happy New Year's to one and all. Yes, it really is January 1st, 2024. We are recording this at 6.20 a.m. And yes, I was up after midnight getting back from Chicago, but there is no rest for the weary. It is football season, and our New Year's resolution is to talk football even more with you guys every day, almost every day, all season long, of course, and then in the off season as well. There's a lot to get to. You know how we do it on Mondays. So I should mention this too, college draft. Emery and I are recording a fresh college draft this morning as well, which means not only will you hear about how awesome Emery did with his picks against the spread for bowl week last week, but we'll talk about the bowl games today. So all the New Year's Day bowl games, Emery and I will dive into on today's college draft podcast before they kick off later today. It is a new week, which means we'll have new winners. Love those of you. That spread the word some way. How about just rating and reviewing the show on any platform? It makes a big difference if you can do that. Just email me, Ross, at RossTucker.com after you do it. Certainly those of you that take advantage of some of our awesome sponsors like West Shore Home and Game Time. Big fans of those of you that do that. Just make sure you email me if you do. Ross at RossTucker.com. Let's continue to grow the YouTube a lot of people love watching the highlight clips on youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you do that and you comment on a video, I love recording these videos on my phone and emailing them to you. And then the patron of the day is Boeldridge McLean. What a name. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Boeldridge, I feel like I want to have a beer with you today. Watching some college football, that is amazing. Other than that, it's Big Show time. The Big Show. 
All right, Ross, what were your overall themes for week 17 across the NFL? I guess I, guess I have a few, Jack, one of which, and I talked about this late last week, and I even wrote about it in my column for the 33rd team. There's no such thing as meaningless games. Doesn't exist in the NFL. I know what people mean. I know what they mean, which is, well, this game does not have any playoff implications. That's fine. That's very different in my mind than saying a meaningless game. Because there's a lot of teams out there that had quote-unquote meaningless games that played their you-know-what's off. You know, how about the Patriots? They were right there with the Bills. How about the Atlanta, uh, the, the Chicago Bears? They knew they weren't making the playoffs. They still go out and beat a team that had a better chance than them, the Falcons, by 20 points, the game I called. I mean, the New York Giants, they're not playing for anything. The Rams are trying to clinch a playoff berth. And here the New York Giants come in and get very close to knocking them off. And, of course, the biggest and best or I guess worst example of that, depending on your perspective, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals go on the road to Philadelphia at 3-12 and as double-digit underdogs and knock off the Eagles, who had everything to play for in terms of the NFC East and the number two seed, it was all right there for Philadelphia, but they were not able to take care of business. And that's because the Arizona Cardinals came to play. They had a great plan. They played well. We'll get into that game in particular later. I just, uh, something I'm passionate about is this idea of meaningless games and my belief that there's really no such thing. I think one of the other things that jumped out to me, Jack, and this is probably a little bit disappointing, is the amount of teams that are now able to like rest their players because of the results. Not not a fan of that, obviously. I don't think that I mean it's good for those teams. Congratulations for those teams. But now the Niners have clinched the number one seed, so they can have their guys rest in week eighteen. The Ravens have clinched the number one seed, so their guys can rest in week 18. Who else, Jack? I think that are the Browns locked in at number five, I want to say? Well, yeah, since the Ravens are the one seed, they won the North, so the Browns are locked into the five seed. Um, And then are the Rams locked into the sixth seed, I want to say? Yes, because Eagles are the five seed, 11 and five, so they have a two-game lead on them. So that is. And whoever the seventh seed is, well, can the seventh seed catch them is my question. Um, no. Uh, yeah, because Green Bay is 8-8, eight and eight, so I don't know the tiebreakers for the seedings, but they would both be 9-8 and eight with a Rams loss. Right. So I got to check on that, what the tiebreaker is there, because I thought I saw someone say that the Rams could rest their guys. So uh, that's just uh, – I don't know if that's the case because there's a bunch of other 8-8 eight and eight teams, so – that would seem strange to me. Although if they've already clinched a playoff berth, they must have the tiebreaker over those teams 
because there could be theoretically four teams, nine and eight, but the Rams already clinched, which leads me to believe that they can probably rest their players and lock in the six. So that was one of the other things that jumped out to me. And then the last thing, and I think we need to address it, is just, unfortunately, the officiating being a, a huge, huge story again. And we can't lose sight of that here Monday morning just because the game was on Saturday night. And in fact, I'm going to make that my Labatt take of the week, Jack. It's presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I totally understand the frustration of Lions players, fans, and coaches, especially if Dan Campbell felt like he went over with the officials in pregame in detail what they were going to do on that two-point play. However, and this is important because I was a guy that at times had to report as eligible, the Lions sent three linemen over to Brad Allen in an attempt to basically trick and confuse the Cowboys as to who was eligible and who wasn't. And in the process, they tricked Brad Allen. There's 100,000 people. It's loud. There's three guys coming over to him. It's unfortunate, but if the Lions had just sent Taylor Decker over to Brad Allen and he reported eligible, none of this would have happened. They sent three guys to try to fool the Cowboys, and they kind of fooled Brad Allen, and it cost them. All right, Jack, let's get into these games. Massive blundered call that you are just talking about there. It takes Lions win and makes a Cowboys 20-19 win. Just a incredible ending on so many different levels. I guess, uh, I mean, there's so many unbelievable implications of that game, right? You know, at the time, if you are an Eagles fan, you wanted the Cowboys to win because you felt like the Eagles would take care of business their last two games and you wanted the number two seed. It turns out, that it would have been better off for the Eagles if the Cowboys had lost to the Lions because then the Eagles would still control their fate in terms of the NFC East. So it ended up having massive implications for the Eagles in that regard and even bigger implications for the Lions and the Cowboys with the Eagles losing because the winner of the game very much so has the inside track on the number two seed. And that is the Dallas Cowboys, and that is gigantic. They've been so much better at home than they have been on the road. The opportunity to just have two playoff home games and not have to play the Niners until the conference championship, as opposed to the path that seems most likely now for the Eagles, which would be three road games to get to the Super Bowl. It is a gigantic turn of events. CeeDee Lamb has just continued his incredible season 
with a huge game they had to have. Really, when you watch the Lions, the key to the Lions, it's their offensive line. When their offensive line is really playing well, the Lions are unstoppable. When their offensive line isn't getting the better of the other team, they're obviously not as good. The end of the game was wild on so many levels. First of all, after the golf interception, I am really surprised that Mike McCarthy threw the ball like he did on, I think, second and third down, but had an opportunity to run 40 more seconds off the clock when you know that the Lions are going to need a touchdown. Just a critical error by Mike McCarthy that would have been all anyone would have been talking about if the Cowboys lost that game. I do not know. I mean, I think he was thinking, I want to be aggressive, whatever. But that was not the time to be aggressive if you're Mike McCarthy. Because the Lions were going to need a touchdown, getting those 40 seconds off is critical. They would have no timeouts. Just absolutely critical. As for the Lions at the end, what a drive by them. What a touchdown. Love the decision by Dan Campbell to go for two. Incredible play call. It works. Taylor Decker catches it. I already talked about my feelings on it. Look, it's disappointing. And it's a, it's a raw deal for the Lions. But, like I said, they did create intentional confusion for the Cowboys and it ended up confusing Brad Allen. And that is extremely, extremely unfortunate. I do think, by the way, it's a little surprising that even after the penalty, Dan Campbell still went for two after that, back at the eight-yard line. Probably would have kicked the extra point, but then Micah Parsons jumps off sides. So they go right back to the three or whatever and have another chance and almost get it. What a fantastic football game. Baltimore locks in the one seed and Lamar's MVP race is all but said and done with a dominant 56-19 win over the Dolphins. I'm not surprised the Ravens won. I'm surprised the way in which they won. Now, the, the Dolphins are in a bad way now. I mean, they didn't have Jalen Waddell for this game. They didn't have Raheem Mostert, who was inactive, we found out right before the game. Then Bradley Chubb gets hurt during the game. Just a disastrous game for the Dolphins with their showdown coming up Sunday night against the Bills for the AFC East crown. The Ravens took turns uh, getting takeaways and turning them into touchdowns. As you're right, I mean, Lamar Jackson, perfect passer rating. His statistics were ridiculous in the game. Two was interceptions. Tyreek bobbles what would have been a touchdown. Didn't really let the Dolphins stay in the game. I mean, it looked like it might be score for score early, but then the Dolphins just couldn't keep up, and the turnovers were a big reason why. Countless turnovers during the Bills-Patriots game, but Buffalo's able to squeak by 27-21. Well, and what's nuts about it is that the Bills forced, what, four turnovers in the first half, including a couple of Bailey Zappy picks, and yet the Bills were only up 20 to 14 at halftime as the offense struggled. I thought Zappy was a little bit better after a terrible start. Uh, obviously, not, not good enough. He's not the answer. We know that. 
And the Patriots got off to a great start with Rager having that kickoff return for a touchdown. How about Rasul Douglas, by the way? Rasul Douglas, like, for the Eagles was not very good. For the Jags, not very good. Then for the Packers, he was like a great addition. And then they kind of got tired of him. Now he goes to the Bills, and now he's a great addition again. Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus, they pretty much gained their job security for next year with a big 37-17 win in snowy Chicago. So I don't really have a press box food report because I did not go up to the press box because the broadcast booth is on the other side. So I didn't go up to the, to the press box. In the broadcast booth, they did bring over some sliders, hot dogs, quesadilla, which was good. I don't know if you saw this on social media, Jack. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Ross Tucker Pod or we're at Ross Tucker Pod. They had the sliders and hot dogs and the quesadillas. So right before halftime at the two-minute drill, I put a couple chocolate chip cookies on top of the heated, like the heated bins because they were hard. So I was like, oh, no, that's not, that's not going to be good. I need warm chocolate cookies. It's cold in this booth at halftime. And everybody in the booth was in awe. They had never seen it before. <laughs> they thought it was the greatest thing they've ever seen. Me putting the chocolate chip cookies on top of those. What do you, I don't even know what you call those things. Anyway, uh, Justin Fields was insane in the game. It was so cool, I must say. And I appreciate the feedback I got from some of you. So cool to do a snow game at Soldier Field. Just kind of another bucket list thing, right? Snow game, Soldier Field on TV. Entertaining game. Fields and DJ Moore were just incredible throughout for the Bears. And yeah, the fans were chanting, we want Fields, we want Fields, which makes that number one pick even more interesting now for the Bears. The Falcons missed a couple field goals early when they were moving the ball. And then they, they could not stop the Bears offense. It was a bad day for the Falcons defensively. And Heineke started throwing interceptions and the game kind of got away from them. The Bears, by the way, guaranteed to have the number one overall pick now. They're in a position to really be a team to take a big step next year. Houston dominates wired wire, beating Tennessee 26-3. Texans offense, not incredible, but much better, I thought, with Stroud. Uh, Levis did not play well, left with the injury after the, the Jerry Hughes strip sack, recovered by Rankins for a touchdown. Two more sacks, by the way, for Will Anderson as the Houston defense played much better than it did last week against Cleveland. Vegas keeps it close, but Indy gets it done, setting up a stellar Week 18 game against Houston, 23-20. That'll be awesome. Jonathan Taylor carried the load. Minshew did just enough to fight off those pesky Raiders. I thought the Colts' offensive line did a nice job in the game. Minshew had plenty of time. Raiders officially eliminated now, but they were better on offense this week. Aiden O'Connell, especially in the second half, getting the ball to Devontae Adams. Ultimately, though, DeForest Buckner was a beast. And those Colts wide receivers, I think they might even be better than I realized. Carolina finishes the year with the worst record in football following a 26-0 shutout from Jacksonville. Bryce Young sacked six times, including Josh Allen for the Jags, getting three of them to set the franchise record. Uh, Evan Ingram had a solid game. He went over 100 receptions for the year. ETN as well. 
as C.J. Beathard gets the start and gets it done, the Panthers' offense is really, I mean, everybody had been moving the ball in the Jags. Everybody. Except, evidently, the Panthers. And I'm curious to see what the fallout will be from owner David Tepper clearly throwing a drink on a Jags fan. You can see the frustration setting in. They say the owners are held to a higher standard. We'll see. LA is able to hold on to beat Tyrod and the Giants, 26-25. Not pretty, but the Rams clinch a playoff berth. The Rams kept turning it over, which kept the Giants in it. And honestly, they're fortunate that the Giants failed on the two-point conversion and the 54-yard game-winning field goal. Puka Nakua had that 80-yard touchdown. Kyron Williams, another big day. But Tyrod Taylor played well, including that beautiful throw to Darius Slayton, very much gave the Giants a chance to win that game. Speaking of winning, Jack, you're always winning if you follow my picks or your picks and order on DoorDash. Make it easy on yourself. Ordering on DoorDash, now you can root for your squad or your picks or my picks or whatever while your food and drinks are on the way. That means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. Wash it down with something, Jackie boy. Especially today, New Year's Day. I'll have a couple of Labatt Blues while I'm watching football. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Philadelphia season's in turmoil, losing control of the NFC East with a 35-31 loss to Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals dominated this game in every way. In all sincerity, the Eagles were lucky that the game was this close. I mean, the Cardinals controlled the ball the whole time, moved the ball the whole time, had to settle for a couple field goals. Sidney Brown had that ridiculous pick six, which was amazing. But, I mean, even the touchdowns for the Eagles, like the one gets tipped to Julio Jones... The Eagles' offense, I thought, was okay, but they had no answers whatsoever to stop the Cardinals. Kudos to Jonathan Gannon and the Bird Gang, the Arizona Cardinals, for getting that win. That's one where Kyler Murray is certainly helping his status in Arizona, for sure. New Orleans beats up on Tampa Bay on the road, 23-13. Saints' defense totally dominated. The Bucs couldn't do anything and fall behind 20 to nothing. Derek Carr, very efficient, getting the ball out, in particular to Jawan Johnson, even though Kamara was out for most of the game. San Francisco gets the number one seed after beating the Commanders 27-10. How about Jacoby Brissett? He's going to get the start. Then he's a late scratch with a hamstring injury. So Sam Howell starts. Purdy was typically efficient, bouncing back from that horrible Monday night football game. Thought Sam Howell was solid in the first half. Got the ball to McLaurin. Brian Robinson was pretty good. Then the second half happened, started throwing picks. McCaffrey has a minor calf injury. So Elijah Mitchell had a good game, huge for the Niners, that they lock in the bye and they lock in that they can rest next week. McCaffrey gets three weeks now to rest that calf. Gigantic. Mike Tomlin records his 17th straight winning season following a 30-23 road victory in Seattle. It's just unreal. It's just unreal. The Steelers never die. Mike Tomlin does it again. 30 points again with Mason Rudolph getting the ball to Pickens, 
Deontay Johnson. Plus, the Steelers really ran it well. Seattle had their chances, but you know, you dropped the Metcalf touchdown, strip sack. Seahawks had a chance to pretty much cement their playoff berth. Now they're in for a battle. Meanwhile, the Steelers right back in the mix in the AFC. It's unbelievable that they can lose the games they did and then bounce back and win these games that they've won. No Russ needed. Denver's back to 500 with a 16-9 win against the Chargers. Thought Stidham was solid for the Broncos, but they're eliminated from the playoffs anyway. Easton Stick and the Chargers moved the ball, but had to settle for field goals. Story of the Chargers' life. Khalil Mack, by the way, setting a career high of 16 sacks. Kudos to him. Eight straight AFC West titles for the Chiefs, who beat the Bengals 25-17. That is unbelievable. Eight straight division titles. Big plays from Mahomes to Justin Watson to Rasheed Rice. They got a couple of long Isaiah Pacheco runs. That led the way. The, uh, the Bengals actually got off to a really good start. Jake Browning and Bengals, great start. They had 17-13 lead. But after Mixon got stuffed on the fourth and one, the Chiefs had all the momentum. How about Bucker? What do you have, seven field goals, I think? He had six field goals on their final eight possessions, which is bananas. Packers gave footing in the playoff hunt while also simultaneously eliminating Minnesota 33-10. Very interesting game because I really thought there'd be more points. The Packers defense had been terrible. But the Vikings' decision to start Jaron Hall backfired in a major, major way. And then, conversely, boy, oh boy, I mean, the Vikings couldn't slow down Jordan Love. One of his best games of the year, even without having like Wicks or Christian Watson. Jalen Reed had a good game before he got hurt. Heck, even had Bo Melton making plays, and now the Packers... Right now, they would be in the playoffs if they started today. Kudos to them, but they got to finish against a good Bears team next week. Other than that, what a fun weekend. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out myfrontpagestory.com. You know I love it. You know Valentine's Day will be here before you know it. SteakhouseSports.com, BackOfficeSchedule.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, Pizza Boy Brewing.